Welcome to Active Christianity's Living the Gospel podcast. Join us as we talk about how we can live the gospel every day, no matter who we are, where we live, and what our circumstances are. Welcome to episode 52 of Living the Gospel. I am Eunice. Hi everyone, I'm Malenko. And uh, this episode is actually the second in our series on the on Paul's letter to the Philippians. Mm-hmm. And um, this series for me has been uh, really good because I've had to do research into that letter. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you read there is really quite amazing. As Very of course inspiring. all of what Paul writes, but I think this this is for me has been a really good exercise and very inspiring. Yeah, last week Kathy and Julia talked about lowliness of mind. Right. And today's episode is in a way a start to the next three episodes where Paul talks about a very high but attainable goal for us as disciples. So today we're going to look at Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 11, where Paul writes that the knowledge of Christ that had laid hold of him so powerfully that he counted all things as loss. And by human standards and according to the law, too, he was really a somebody in this world. And we're going to look at what that knowledge of Christ is Mm -hmm. that had laid hold of Paul so really powerfully, uh, what it means today for us in the modern world to count all things lost for Christ and what we can do in daily life to partake in Christ's sufferings because that that expression can seem a little bit um, abstract. So in Philippians 3 verses 7 to 11, it's written, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know Him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So we know actually from the verses before that Paul was really a somebody in this world, right? He really was something. He was um, both by birth, he speaks there about being a true Jew, and then he speaks about his education, that he'd become a Pharisee, which was like the top part of the uh, of their society. religious society. He was actually taught by Gamaliel, it says another place, who was the superstar of the Pharisees, you can say, the top scribe who knew everything. Could you do any uh, better in life? Right. And then he says concerning zeal, he persecuted the church. What he really thought this was like a danger to to Judaism, which was God's own uh, way of doing things, the law he'd given his own chosen people. He thought this was destroying that way of life. So in his zeal, he wanted to put an end to it. And then he says something really interesting, that according to the righteousness which is in the law, he was blameless. And the law the law is really something, there's hundreds and hundreds of laws. And every single one of those, on the outside, he'd kept. And if you if you think about that, that's incredible. Who who of us can say that? Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the law, I'm blameless. You know, that's really how he had it. He was he was zealous. He was he was like a firebrand. He was going to yeah. He wasn't like a a lazy. 
person. Not at all. And he did it because he wanted to serve God. He was he was enthusiastic about it. But then this amazing thing happened when he was on the way to Damascus to destroy the church there. He he met Jesus on the road mm. and he got this amazing vision and then Jesus said to him, "Why are you persecuting me?" You know, and he suddenly realized who Jesus was. Mm. That this was the son of God whom he'd been persecuting, that was actually the Messiah, the son of God. He got this incredible light. And then he began to see all this that I've been doing before, all this misplaced zeal is completely wrong. And it's all done because I think best. I who know the law, I haven't actually understood God's way of thinking. I haven't understood God's will. Mm. And he began to see that he'd, he'd, made, he'd been wrong. And uh, then he really started a study of Jesus Christ, his Savior. And in that he discovered something that really was so great for him that everything else, all that he had before, no matter, you know, all that greatness, all that being somebody, he counted as loss, he counted it as rubbish for that new knowledge that he had of Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's really something. And that knowledge is that he can be like Jesus, right? Imagine to put it that. in short, very yeah. short. He, he realized that what Jesus had come to, he could come to as well. And that's uh, that's an inner life. Yeah, because I think Paul realized that no matter how good he appeared on the outside, that he was wretched on the inside. And he says that too in Romans 7, that like the good that I want to do, I don't do. And, and, and he's not talking about outward good deeds, but actually what comes up insight and then and then he he ends that chapter in Romans 7 by saying wretched man that I am who mm. can deliver me from this body of death he was like really desperate because he wasn't able to do the good that he wanted to do on the inside he was still being tempted to all kinds of things he noticed this this other law in his members but then he, then he says then comes the breakthrough knowing Christ he says thank God through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's mm. where he can be saved. And he goes on to talk about in Romans 8, where he got this revelation about who Christ was. In Romans 8 verse 3 he says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, and he condemned sin in the flesh. So that that's what was done in Jesus, that he became a human being. He also was tempted. He noticed what was in that human nature, but his will was to do God's will. And through that, God could condemn sin in the flesh, so the very root of sin. Not, not only that no angry words come out, mm. but to find what's the cause, the sin in the flesh that causes those angry words to come up in the first place. And that's what God could condemn through Jesus in the flesh, and Paul suddenly received light about that. The good that I want to do, I do not do because actually I'm still full of bitterness even though I'm saying the right words. And the outward appearance is fine, but inside I'm proud, inside I'm arrogant, inside I'm jealous, you know. Mm -hmm. There was the, the, the desires and lusts inside him, which... God could condemn in the flesh through Jesus. And then Paul realized, if I get to know Jesus like that, know the way he went, know what he did to get to that, I can be like that too. So it was like everything else, all that, those outward things that he could do in himself. He could keep the law in his 
in his own strength, what he what he could come to mm-hmm. self achieved righteousness, you could say. It doesn't satisfy his longing inside. It didn't, and he he felt that living before God now there was so much more he could attain, and and right that's what he really became gripped of. You know, this there's not only that I've got this beautiful life according to the according to the law, which could be totally mis misplaced like that zeal that he had, but on the inside, I can really become good. And the way to that is he writes further in those verses to the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to Jesus' death. And being and the fellowship of Jesus' sufferings, like what you just said that Jesus condemned sin in the flesh, fellowship means that we join in in that and we share in those sufferings. And it's a suffering because we deny what we by nature want to do. Mm. And and it's interesting because what he says there that he doesn't have this his own righteousness that's that self achieved righteousness by keeping mm. the law in the, righteousness in the from outward the law. life, mm-hmm. but but he he talks about that which comes through faith in Christ and faith in Christ that is believing in Jesus and what he did what he came for and what God could do in the life of Jesus while he was on earth and that faith that he had in Christ. That led him to a new kind of righteousness. That was righteousness before God, mm. N- not just the outward facade with a rotten interior, what Jesus called whitewashed graves. That's what he said to the Pharisees. Paul was a Pharisee, so he saw that in himself, a whitewashed grave. Inside it was just rottenness. Inside there was still jealousy and uh, inside there was still discouragement and there was still anger and there was all these different sins but on the outside the facade was beautiful mm. so then he came to this new righteousness the righteousness that that was from the life of Christ and as as you mentioned there it's it he came to that what it says in verse 10 through the fellowship of his that is Christ's sufferings that is that I join in Christ's sufferings and here it's obviously we don't join in on being crucified on the cross of Calvary. Mm. What we can join in, though, is that God could condemn sin in his flesh. That is that he denied himself. That's what he says. If you want to be my disciple, you have to take up your cross and deny yourself. And by to do that, I need to suffer. I need to say no to myself, deny myself. Mm. That's a suffering. And then it says being conformed to his death. Again, not the death on the cross of Calvary, but conform to that death where sin in the flesh, in my nature, is put to death. Death over sin. Death over sin mm-hmm. by denying myself. He says something really interesting, though, that he, sa- he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> That's the most incredible thing. That, it, it, like he says, being conformed to his death. So you can switch it around and say, if I'm conformed to his death and partake in the fellowship of his sufferings, then I get to know him and the power of his resurrection. And what's that power? The power of resurrection. I mean, that is this, that's the strongest power, stronger than any nuclear bomb or any power <laughs> on earth. Mm-hmm. The power of resurrection that is triumphs over death, death which is so powerful and so strong. Jesus overcame it, and with this life-giving force, he rose from the dead. He's the only one that has done that. He's the only one ever to have 
overcome the power of death. And how did he do that? It's written in Hebrews that through death he overcame him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So through death over sin. Right, which is Satan's realm. Mm. Through death over that, he got power over over Satan and over death, mm. and he conquered death. And that power, it says here, just read it, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And it doesn't say that I may know him and about the power of his resurrection, that I know about it, that I've heard of it, that it works for me. Of course it does, but I may know the power of that resurrection. So what you're saying is that if we share in Christ's sufferings, we would also not see death. Exactly. It's amazing. And that's what he says right at the end, that he, if by any means I may attain to resurrection from the dead. And that's our hope, mm. that when, when that time comes, when Jesus returns, that we will also be raised from the dead because we have that power of resurrection in us that we have also overcome. And Jesus was the first, and he was perfect. He was blameless from his birth to his death. And because of that, he overcame death. But we can follow in his footsteps so that we can also overcome sin. We can also partake of that that amazing life by being conformed to his death. And through uh, that, know the power of resurrection. Exactly. And then we get fellowship with him, you know. We get to know Jesus. And it, it's it, when Paul saw this, Suddenly, all this other stuff, you know, being a Pharisee, being blameless according to the law, being in zeal, persecuting the church, you know, being good name, being the good name, everything that people looked up to. What was that? Nothing. It didn't lead him to resurrection. No. <laughs> but what? What? When he got to know Christ and the way that Jesus went, self-denial, taking up your cross, you know, the way of humiliation, the way down, hating your own life. What led? What did that lead to? That led to death over sin, righteousness of God through faith, and resurrection mm. to eternal life. Uh, that I mean, when you start talking about it, you get enthusiastic yourself, right? It's like <laughs> yeah. this is no wonder Paul was like <laughs> gripped. Uh -huh. No wonder he, this laid hold of him and wouldn't let him go. And he said, "Whatever I do," he wrote, goes on to say, "I leave it all behind. I don't look back. Mm. Now I'm just reaching out for that which is ahead." That's how we should live our life. So maybe we don't have an amazing conversion story like Paul did, or we don't have this great name that we have to give up. We're just normal people in this world. But how can we actually be in that spirit that Paul was in, that he was so gripped? I mean, there's lots of things in our own lives that are gained to us. You just look at your own life. What What's important for you? Um, that you think you've achieved in life, maybe? For example, yeah. There, yeah. there, can, be, there can be different things, you know. Just being um, cool, being accepted by your peer group, being that you've actually worked one of the for, crowd. Yeah. yeah, then you've you've worked hard for that, made the good impressions, done the right things, made mm. the right friends, mm. you know, and and you might have good intentions too that you really want to help other people. Right. You know, you can you can do that, donate a lot of money to good causes. You can actually help people. There's be nothing kind wrong to people, in all that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it if it's all done in my own strength. My, it's all self-achieved, then I can take the glory for it. I can take the honor. Mm. None, none of the honor goes to God. I've done it all, right? We have to come to something else. Mm. Uh, and I mean, also, I know for myself, also you can have a very strong personality that naturally is good at leading, you know, people look up to you. And it's something that 
hinders you from seeing actually your own wretchedness. You know, mm. in the in the in the an environment where it's easy to get people to go with your cause and mm. agree with you, you know, then you almost never see where you actually could have done better. Right. And 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 your personality, just general, that's what you're born with. Mm. It's not something you've done anything for. That's how no. you are. Whether you're strong personality or you're a timid personality, you're a person who's kind by nature or someone who's a bit harsher, all of these things can really hinder you from making progress if that's what you rely on. Mm. And you can think you're too bad to be saved or you can think you're, I'm good enough, I don't need to be saved mm. or I don't need forgiveness, you know. You might the other not person say is sorry. <laughs> yeah, and you might not say it with those words but your attitude's like that, I'm, I'm good enough or or the other way but all of that we should count as rubbish it's nothing yeah everything actually that hinders me and separates me from god right and we're not saying here that we should change our personality but what we should be saying is that we have to find what's inside us that goes against god's will mm. you know i mentioned before for example becoming offended i that's something i've worked a lot with mm. in my own personal life and i see on the outside i can be very kind person and you know very um patient with people and so on but then inside oh i can feel i'm impatient still or I, i think well i'm better than them like my whole attitude is i'll be good to them despite their no one sees that actually no one sees that and I, i feel offended and, and yeah. but that that's what has to be put to death right that's what the sin in the flesh that needs to be condemned and i need to let god do that follow Jesus by taking up my cross, denying myself, and then God can condemn that sin in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And in that way, I get to know Jesus because then I partake of his sufferings. I'm conformed to his death. And there, that's exactly what Paul's talking about. Whatever whatever your life situation is, there's so many different ones. We, each single one has different life situations, but we can apply this. Mm. So I think if there's anything to get out of this episode, it's that we can think about Is there anything in my life that's hindering me from being obedient to God's word and something that I'm that I can give up? You know, it might be actually good things that I've done or good good qualities. Doesn't mean that I I just forget that I have those good qualities, but but what do I count on in life? And if if that's hindering me from doing God's will, then I'm willing to give it up and I do give it up. And if you see what The, what Paul obtained by counting all the old life as loss, mm. which might have been something he boasted of before, mm. he actually got to know Christ and came to this thing that he experienced the power of his resurrection. And that, that's what he was also aiming for. And it's really worth it to, to take stock of your life like Paul did and to go in that new direction. So to sum it up, you know, what Paul was so gripped off was that we can be like Jesus and we can be transformed from our sinful nature in this life, right when we're alive, not at the end of our life. Mm. And that's that was such an amazing, amazing revelation and possibility that Paul counted all things lost so that he may win Christ. And, and, and we can do exactly the same, come to the same life in our, in our life, be more and more like Jesus. So that's really something to take with us uh, in the week to come. And next week, the topic will be from Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. 
about being blameless and harmless in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. That's an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. So you can look forward to that. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.